What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After School Program, the podcast where we explore conversations with successful young adults about how they approach their lives and careers after school. I'm Zach McHale, and with me as always is my co-host, Connor Hine. Today is a special episode of After School Program, part one of a two-part reflection series where Zach and I will be reminiscing about our favorite moments and pieces of insight from each guest from episodes one through 12. Let's get into it. So for those of you who aren't aware, which is really just anybody but me and Connor, we did record a hidden episode, which will never see the light of day. That was me and Connor sitting in his backyard, uh, basically kind of interviewing each other and mm-hmm. just getting comfortable talking in front of the mics. It's it's a really weird sensation. I mean, Connor, I know you work with audio a lot, so you're probably used to it a little more, but hearing my own voice yeah. while I'm talking in my headphones at a slight delay threw me off again. Yeah, I'm used to just hearing my beautiful voice of an angel singing, which I could deal with, but my talking voice I'm not so happy with. Mm -hmm. So especially listening back, hearing in your heads and then listening back when I'm doing the editing, I'm like, God, I'm going to edit the shit out of this so I sound normal when I'm talking. (laughs) Yeah, then you're like, you just come up with a five-second clip. Yeah, just put auto-tune on my interview voice. But yeah, that was huge in terms of just being able to get comfortable with the scene and us kind of feeling each other out. I mean, we've been good friends for a long time now, right. but uh, just trying to understand what the vibe of one, the show, cause we didn't even have a name of the yeah. show at that point. That was a whole nother process. Right. And just like getting over the fact that like trying to get it to the point where we're just having a conversation and like, we forget about the mics in front of us and forget that we're recording and going to put this out to people. I think that, first just getting together and talking to each other it definitely helped us get over that a little bit exactly but every episode we get over that yeah yeah there to. was definitely a gradual process to it and i felt like at least for the first couple episodes i felt like i was talking as somebody who was aware that other people were listening right to. exactly and I that to you before. Trying, trying to say big words yeah but stumbling over them at the same time <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so then we will just jump straight into episode one with matt duncan uh, he was an outdoor leader. If you guys listened to the episode and uh, just a little update on him. He ended up just getting a job at Knowles, one of the bigger um, outdoor leading groups in the nation. So, uh, yeah, he was, he was pretty excited about that. But this first episode, this was huge just having one of our good friends on to be right. able to talk with and joke around. And you could just feel comfortable because it, it really was the the microphones dissolved pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, especially after a few beers. Yeah. They did too. <laughs> yeah. I think that was kind of important. <laughs> which which leads to a two and a half hour conversation. Yeah. Mostly about Matt's weird Craigless trip <laughs> and just us laughing at the absurdity of even hearing it for the fifth time. That is uh, still my favorite story that we've heard on the podcast so mm-hmm. far. Um, and granted, we figured out editing a little more and making things tighter and all, but that story <laughs> in its entirety is a roller coaster ride. That... Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I heard it for the first time, he was telling it, and the guy who drove him to the border called him as he was telling it, which just made me not believe the story even more because I was like, okay, what are the chances that you're telling us a story and this guy is calling us? But I guess before he told us the story, he like texted the guy like fuck you or something like that like mm-hmm. i hope you see this or something even though it was like months, months later after, <laughs> yeah, months still later. just bitter about yeah, it still was i mean who wouldn't be that was a terrible situation but yeah that story is amazing and i remember 
just you know our friends tuning in and listening to it and being like and my brother and like his friends who listened to it were like is that story true like or did he make that up for the show right. it's like no that story's true he's an idiot him and connor are both idiots but they get good stories from being idiots yeah but that one was fun because it was first you jump right into you know all of his stories and it's just us joking around and then towards the end we did get a a good bit of insight from him in -hmm. terms of you know he did have a big career change where like we said he was really into the army switched up going to be an outdoor leader and i think he provided some reflection that that showed that he had put a lot of thought into it yeah i think when we were first discussing doing this podcast i think one of the big things i wanted to get out of people was it feels like everyone has kind of like a pivot moment we keep talking about especially you know in those first episodes we were talking about it and his it was just so clear what his pivot moment was when he decided not to do active military and pursue you know a career as in a civilian life as long as as well as doing the reserves so mm-hmm. that was a good point to talk about and show his decision making through that yeah and his one point of the kids needing him more and, you know, really just enjoying the experience of working with kids and learning from them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we heard that reflected through Nick early, uh, later on too, where it just seems like that's a big point that people stress on is find some time to teach, you know, children at some point, um, because there's a lot to take away from it and you do have a lot of valuable experience to give to them. Then we can jump into episode two with Brody Miller, uh, this one was really fun because Brody has had a pretty wild career and has seen a lot of success, especially for being as young as he has. I mean, between the coincidences of the two times where he left his jobs and then those staffs immediately got fired, like right after, after they got acquired by a big company. Yeah, crazy. To following LSU on their national championship run. And we spoke with him, I want to say that was in October maybe. That's uh, that sounds right, yeah. And uh, man, he really got sucked into a whirlwind series uh, season afterwards with LSU. They just had scandal after scandal right. breaking, and it was granted that's you know great content for him to put out in these stories to investigate. Right, but it's like a one eighty of what he's writing about. He's writing about a dream season, and then he's writing about literally like a nightmare mm-hmm. for the whole college and campus. Yeah, I yeah. mean two sides of the coin right there. Yeah, and. For anybody who's interested in journalism, I think that one was a great one. I think he had a lot of really good points in terms of, you know, trying to stay human when you're interviewing people, mm-hmm. taking swings, and then also making the point to network, right. too. Right, and he talked about, like, that fine line of, like, like clickbait versus, like, actually writing interesting stories. Like, because obviously he was saying, like, as a journalist, there has to be some clickbait-type stuff in headlines and stories, but... Um, I don't know. He just did a good job of explaining like the line between trying to grab people's attention and actually like writing from the heart, an interesting story, which I liked a lot. Yeah. And he does a great job with those investigative pieces, but even he said how the thrill of, of Twitter going on a ride on Twitter when something hits and goes viral and being like one of the first people to break it. And yeah. Yeah. But he also said how damaging of a life that can be when mm-hmm. you're just like constantly worrying about breaking stuff on Twitter. Right. I think he had a point where like, I'm just not going to go on Twitter. I'm going to go to the movies or something. Yeah. Which felt like a very important, uh, hurdle to jump over yeah. in that line of work. That's gotta, that's just anybody who's so constantly involved in social media like that. It's gotta be a kind of 
you always have to feel on edge essentially because right. if you're not a part of it you're missing it yeah any like news media where you know you want to be the one breaking or at least you're the company you work for wants you to be the one breaking stuff it's it's got to feel like you're always on like you have to be paying attention a hundred percent of the time which for for me someone when i get home from work i like to turn off yeah. real quick I don't all think the lights I, yeah, all, the, yeah, all, all the, the lights light, turn off all the lights into my underwear glass of milk and stare at the wall well the mirror on the wall but yeah in the dark <laughs> where i can't see anything reflect it felt like he got into journalism just as like podcasts were taking off so it was interesting to hear his insight about how him and uh i forget T- his- it was uh t-bob cooter i think that was his name I don't his know. co-host? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Was, it was Cooter? Is like la- Cooter is his last name? Because I'm pretty <laughs> I think sure it was. Co- yeah, Cooter means something else. <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure it was. That's funny. T. Bob Herbert. T. Bob <laughs> Herbert. That's what it is. That's not T. Bob Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to change the name for sure. <laughs> I think their podcast would get a lot more uh, views <laughs> if that was his name. Cooch Street with Brody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brody. Brody's episode, I really liked, it, and I thought. Matt's was different. Matt's was different because of how close we both are to Matt and how much we all three of us talk all the time anyway. So that's kind of what it felt like. Brody, obviously you guys are still super connected, but it was like, for me, I was super interested just because I, I love Brody, but also it, it felt more comfortable after Matt's to do someone who was kind of like in between a friend and still not sure what they're up to. Mm-hmm. So that was another good step. I'm glad we did that one second. Yeah. Yeah, and we did have a blast doing that. I mean, we were that went on for about three hours. Yeah. Then uh, Brian's, we that one went down to about an hour and a half, and that was really fun catching up with Brian because um, I guess it was the same deal with you and me where Brian and I would keep in touch. We would talk maybe once or twice a year, something like that. He's just got such an interesting story in terms of from his uncle just sneaking him off to college one yeah, day. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, I mean. That was really interesting. Talk story. about looking out for him. And then, uh-huh. you know, Brian could have just been like, no, but. Yeah, he could have been like, fuck you. Right. I'm not doing this. But yeah, the fact that he like took to him was like, oh, this could be cool. And like took a chance. What's cool with that is that Brian made a point to say that, you know, this helped me in a time of need and I wanted to pass that on to other people. Right. That same thing of taking an experience that was like that pivotal moment that you're talking about mm-hmm. and being like, how can I bring this moment to other people who are kind of lost at this point in time? Well, he did tell that story where, I I don't know if he said the name of the company or whatever, but he did work for a company where he was taking trips. He thought like it would be, he would love it and he would be all about it, but he, you know, in doing it and seeing what the company was all about, he realized this wasn't where he wanted to be, which is another big decision to make after joining a company and, you know, getting the job and thinking you're going to like it. Um, and then realizing you're not going to like it is a big decision to make. Um, right. And you just paying attention enough to recognize that maybe this dream job isn't all it's cracked out to be. And right. he's just kind of hanging out in the woods with these kids and they're not really burning off any steam. And right. he didn't think it was a good way of running the process. Exactly. And, you know, having the foresight to be like, maybe I can come back to this at some point, but like right now, this isn't what I want to do. And mm-hmm. I'm not liking this. And he mentioned that the wingsuit wasn't for him. And then I'm talking right. to him like the week or two after. I'm like, so what are you up to? He's like, oh, my brother Jack came out. We were just wingsuit training. Okay. So I'm now like, he is wingsuit? Yeah, he wow. was then. Yeah. I don't know if he's been lately, but they did it for like a month straight for Brian's birthday. Cause That's he was, awesome. He was like supposed to come back or it was around like uh, 
Thanksgiving or Christmas. So he mm-hmm. was supposed to come back for that and they ended up doing it. That's cool. And I'm just like, dude, wingsuit is one of those things. It's one of the craziest things you can do. And it's just one of those things on the list of extreme sports where it's just like, like I want to, you know, amp things up like while I'm still young to do some cool hikes and do right, some right, cool right. rides. But no thanks, dude. No. Like that Wing is. Shooting? No, that looks terrifying. I know. I'm just going to splat right into a mountain. Yeah. Especially like those guys that like are like five feet like off the ground or off the cliff side. It's like one wrong gust of wind or like one wrong angle you put mm-hmm. yourself in, you're going to fucking run right into a rock. You see them split a keyhole in a canyon. You're just like, how <sighs> yeah, the hell insane. do you even pull that it's off? Insane. Although I do love the GoPro video. So t- keep doing it, guys. Yeah. Keep going yeah. for it. Yeah. Just make my hands all sweaty when I watch them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brian did make the point to say, disconnect into nature and build confidence by growing your skills if you're not sure what you're good at or if you're trying to look for what you're good at just you know find at least what you're interested in and that makes it easier for you to to at least pursue wanting to learn about that and develop those skills and then we get into your buddy jonathan episode four jonathan coleman john's got an awesome story basically basically you know one of the big bands on the college campus that he really dug and then started to play with and then was on tour and making records with them and going to California, literally living his dream, as he said so himself too, um, and a lot of people's dream, and realizing it's just, once again, not where he was supposed to be in that time and wasn't good for him is a hard conclusion to come to while you're in it. Like, it's easy to see after. I'm sure now he sees all like that was a very good move I made leaving that situation. But while you're in that situation coming to terms with like, damn, like this is great, but I'm not going to survive this or I'm not going to be able to be my best self doing this. Especially while they're having success too. It's not like they were a band just trying to make it out there. Like they were having success and they were working venues. Yeah. Playing big shows, going on tour all over um, North America. Um, And he had the wherewithal to, decide to leave and which was great for him in the long run and what was great with having jonathan on was he's what 33 i think so around there yeah and it 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 made me realize it was really nice to have a variation in age too because we wanted people initially that were maybe a a couple years out of college Mm -hmm. and i think it's really important not only to get people from different backgrounds or in different industries but varying ages too like you saw that with pam's where she was one of the older people we had on. She's only like 28. Mm-hmm. And they just have a lot more time for reflection, as long as you get people who have reflected a lot. Right. Um, and Jonathan, I mean, when we asked him advice for himself, that dude rattled off like five or six. Something I realized he was always working on was just like being his best self. And it's easy to say that, but like just constantly thinking about those things, which is why he was able to rattle them off so easily and, you know, straightforward and well-spoken. It's because he thinks about those things all of the time, which is why the person he, why he is such a great person, and great friend. Mm-hmm. And he has one of my favorite quotes, which was, "Your first band won't be your last," and the other one, which was, "If you're not the worst guy in your band, find a new one." Right, which is something I think people can take to any field that they're working in. Um, it's just like surrounding yourself with people who are going to push you and challenge you. Is mm-hmm. I think what he was getting at when he was saying being the worst person in your band. Yeah, and then it was also fun when he uh, hinted at that Cheryl Crow song a little <laughs> yeah. bit, which, like, in the moment, I was like, what's he talking about? Yeah, You're yeah. like, you'll see or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out, and, and that, that, can... that song's really fun, and I, I could totally see how that 
killed in the Fillmore when you guys were talking about that. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So next we've got Ella Robinson Brooks, and Ella's was really fun. This was the first person we cracked into out of uh, some of my friends who had been in the Page program, and Ella's. I mean, the fact that she's only. 24 maybe she was 23 at the time that we were talking and a television show writer when you know and she was talking about you know things will come when it's your time and it's like i mean you're still only 24 and you're a television show writer yeah like, this is why killing it yeah and i thought she she talked you know she mentioned that while she was in the page program she didn't really dig it and wasn't having a good time just because she wasn't getting out of it what she thought she was going to um but there, there was something in there that I thought was a good point, like sticking with it like she did. Um, even though she said she didn't see too many benefits from it, I think being able to stick with it but also pursue your career in other avenues, knowing you don't like where you're at now and not kind of just getting down by that and being able to you know, go out there and find something else obviously worked out for her where she is now. Um, but that's a tough thing for a lot of people to not like where they're at now, but still have um, the energy to like pick themselves up and push past that while they're in that situation. It's tough. Yeah, and and being able to balance having a a career while still pursuing your passion too. Right, forcing herself to write on the, her downtime from those while she's you know working the daytime show, which she liked. But right. she knew writing was her real jam right. and what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was something I wanted to circle back with when, when we had Dan Corey on. Um, because we both knew Ella didn't really have the most positive experience there. Right. And that was because she came in with such very clear intentions. And you know, if you deviated from that, because it's such a tough thing to get into being a late night writer, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be the most positive experience. Just because if you're not looking for you know that general experience general entertainment experience and you have to go elsewhere Um, right yeah she kind of already had a clear idea of what she wanted to do and how she wanted to get there and the page program it just doesn't sound like it is it is it isn't that type of thing it's more like you're getting at like a broad thing kind of dip your toes in everything and see what you like yeah just because you might not it you know some of it's a flip of a coin if you get one of those tougher spots right 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 the whirlwind that it was when she got the job and had to like, they were like, can you start Monday? And she like had to quit right away and try to do it in a respectful manner. But it's like, I'm out. Yeah. Like this weekend, it's hard to do it in a respectful manner when like your new job wants, wants you there that Monday and it's Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it was a big opportunity for her. It sounded like the people she was working with were very understanding of it Uh, because she was so upfront about it, which I guess is a good lesson to put out there. It just, be up front if you're gonna quit quit in two days and leave (laughs) immediately yeah yeah quit on a friday and be gone by that monday and if they ask any questions tell them i don't know my manager said or you should just maybe quit on a thursday and have a long weekend oh yeah do that Uh, i think that's what you should do middle of the day yeah after the sandwiches come yes exactly after they deliver lunch hey sorry this is gonna be my last lunch here I'm, I'm never coming back for lunch or work. And I'm never eating lunch again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm never. I've I've quit this job and I quit lunches. Suck it. <laughs> suck the lunches. <laughs> and these lunches suck. So next we got Lauren and Katie. 
the two Apple supply chain engineers who traveled all over the U.S. working remotely from their van. Yeah, this was a fun one. Mm-hmm. And this one definitely seems to be a favorite. I mean, we've, we've passed over a few people's favorites, but this one, um, just in terms of work-life balance, it, you can't possibly be squeezing anything more out of the day than these two girls did. Right, and just showing how in this day and age, especially in these COVID times, the way different people go about uh, where they work and how they work in, you know, in this remote life we're living in, um, we're super interesting. Cause I think a lot of people are starting to do what they're doing. I feel like I'm seeing a lot more where people are just like, yeah, I'm just going to work out of my, I work remote anyway. So it doesn't matter where I am. And a lot of people are taking more of those jobs. It seems like. I, yeah. I know a couple of people I've seen like a few different people go and just move off into Hawaii to work remote from there. Yeah. 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 And it is a, I mean, yeah, just taking advantage of the situation. I think we're going to see a lot more now because I think after, even when things go back to normal, I don't, I think people are still going to be working from home just because people see that you can just be just as productive from home as you can from an office or sometimes even more productive because you don't have those, you know, social interactions anymore. And sometimes less productive. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But... Yeah, Lauren and Katie, I mean, between the, all their ridiculous stories, I mean, the raft guys who they couldn't even tell you any of their names or, <laughs> or uh, you know, that family that they saw like two or three times over the course oh, yeah, of the trip. Just, they just kept like, oh, they're out in South Carolina, so we're just going to go to South Carolina and right. them. After they met them in Montana. What's interesting is it sounds like that would be such a fun thing to do, but when you hear it from their perspective of them having to communicate, especially with china right or even asia while they're doing it working well, the weird we, hours we'd even touch about the part that they barely knew each other right yeah they kind of knew ju- each other through friends they were kind of co-workers yeah. yeah and then they just decided to live basically on top of each other for months at a time mm-hmm. traveling across the country that that's something yeah and, and they had that a great a point about person right i guess yeah it's a certain kind of person who would both uh, be down to do that trusting yet ambitious and curious person which those are cool people i like those kind of people right i don't know if i'm one of them i don't know if i could do that right you could even go on that trip with your best friend you guys would be on top of each other for five months yeah i think i think i would would kill one of you yeah at some point or just like leave the van and be like i'm on my own now I'm going to just trek through the we'll woods. Just walk. Yeah. I'm just like, that's wa- fine. We, <laughs> you were drinking all the water anyway. <laughs> yeah. You you used up all the shampoo already. Another thing with somebody changing direction was Katie, where she wanted to pursue being a lawyer for, for right. a while. And then actually went out to go and talk to people that her parents knew that were lawyers. And none of them were stoked on it. And none of them made her feel like this was a career that she wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. And she did end up taking the choice to change directions and switch to supply chain. Yeah. I it, think I, I think I said it in the episode, but I've never met someone who's a lawyer who's like, yeah, being a lawyer is fucking awesome. I fucking love it. <laughs> like, I'm sure people do love being a lawyer, but for the most time, I, people, like, you ask them, and they, the, a, a sigh comes first. They're like, well, sometimes it's, you know, it's good. Sometimes it's tough. 
which like as someone who's not in that career yet like that's the last thing you want to hear right you you want law and order and you're like this is great i can solve i can solve eight cases in a day because they only take 20 minutes exactly exactly and we're watching you know always sunny and charlie talk about bird law like which always interests me because bird law is not a hot topic in this country it should be but no one talks about i don't know what bird law is because i haven't seen the show it's just laws about birds in this country bird law about owning birds and what birds can do but I, you know i digress but um yeah that that's a tough thing to hear especially like because she seemed pretty excited to be a lawyer it sounded like that was you know definitely something she wanted to do and then to just meet people who are in that field doing it and they're so unenthusiastic un- about it um is tough and and then it's like well, where do i go shit, from what here? do i do now yeah yeah, that's a tough moment. And it was cool to hear her talking about someone, or you know, somebody who's very calculated like that uh, to make that switch. And then her ended up, you know, spinning off into saying like how she would have never seen herself being in a van. Whereas Lauren, this was always kind of her dream almost since high school. And Katie saying this opened her mind up to so many things and just how she doesn't have to be so calculated all the time and plan every moment out and just leave room for her to do fun stuff. And now she's been out doing more of that stuff the last like month with our friend Marin. They've just been bouncing all around down south. Thanks for listening to another episode of After School Program. Make sure you follow us on social media at ASPPOD. Next Tuesday will be our part two of our reflection series. See you guys then.